Get your day started right. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabiro Sheikhesa. Only on the Voice of the King. Some 13 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. Good to have you in our company on this Tuesday edition of VOC Breakfast. We move along now to our next feature. Now, in a national address on Sunday evening, President Cyril Ramaphosa announced that government would move to level one lockdown as the country continues to see a decline in COVID-19 infections. And in the accompanying gazette published by the Corporate of Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Nkosizana Dlamini Zuma, Government further clarify the exact rules around the relaxed level one lockdown and what South Africans could and, of course, cannot do. Um, but since then, we've had many questions around, you know, now what for schools? Um, you know, what happens to the schooling year? Of course, we've also seen in recent days um, the school calendar being called into questions. And, you know, over the past few months, we've seen a sort of a roster that has been worked out um, for our students in order for them to return safely back to school. We also understood that those teachers with comorbidities uh, up until level three of lockdown would be allowed to work from home, online, etc. But now having moved to level one, I mean, what awaits our students and our schools? Perhaps to clarify on the matter for us this morning, joining us online from Stellenbosch University is Professor Aslam Fattah. Assalamu alaikum. Good morning. Good to be chatting, Prof. Now, of course, just to understand, you know, in terms of everyone asking, what exactly does level one mean for the educational sector? And of course, you know, would it have any impact on schools? Well, um, level one does not entail too many radical changes from level three. Some small changes are required. And yet we have to understand this, all of this within the context of which you speak. The one big, big one is that teachers who under level three had comorbidities uh, could stay at home as well and so on. And, but, but now they are expected in the Western Cape to come back on the 8th of March. So that is quite a big one because the teachers with comorbidities are now also going to have to come back to school and that's going to create major uh, trauma for those teachers. Remember, we are... Um, um, our, our second wave have uh, gone down, but we are living in anticipation of a third wave as well. But the trauma um, and the expectations about infection and so on have not gone down. Now, of course, you know, we've seen the recent timetables over the past few months indicate that, yeah. you know, students perhaps uh, go to a school every alternate week or alternate days, etc. And that's been worked out quite nicely. But in terms of, you know, when we are saying those teachers with comorbidities will be heading to school come the 8th of March, um, you know, does that increase the risk factor, so to speak? I mean, what are the risks of our children, you know, being at school, but of course then having teachers as well in the mix with those comorbidities? Well, the protocols under Level 3 remain as tight as was under Level 3, now under Level 1, meaning social distancing will still obtain. Children will still be staggered and and going to school every second day, as they did in the under Level 3. The only difference this time is that the teachers are going to be expected to be back. But I do, and that is going to happen from the 8th of March. But I do think there's going to be a lot of fallout as a result of that because the teachers who are under threat via the unions and, and the organizations are going to make the call that that should be relaxed because we are not out of the woods because we're anticipating a third wave and teachers will be very vulnerable as a result. But 
um, that doesn't mean that the, the kids and the kids who are going to school are not vulnerable, which doesn't require care, who are not traumatized as well. So that same set of issues are still, re- are still uh, ongoing mm. in schools. That has to be balanced, though, against an attempt to get education going, to get curriculum covered, to deal with questions of learning loss and to move through the year, which, as you say, uh, is very onerous. Um, teachers are complaining that teaching days have been set aside despite school starting on the 15th of March uh, for the majority of public schools. Um, it seems that the department is very intent on making up as many years as possible, and the teacher unions are saying that that is well nigh impossible that creates part of the trauma. Mm, Prof, as you say, you know, in an effort to get a school the school year going and, you know, catch up on the academic time that was lost in 2020, could we see now under Level 1 perhaps, you know, that staggered approach sort of easing up a bit where more days will be covered in the classroom per se? And then also, you know, should we expect that or should we see that, you know, third wave coming through and then going back to a staggered approach? approach, um, it's a little unsettling for student, is yes. it, students, is it not? Yes, look, um, I think that the cramped school year as it currently is, and as the announcement was made about uh, three, four weeks ago, is in anticipation, this is my hunch, is in anticipation of the third wave, when we have to lock down and readjust our school, uh, our children attending school again. Uh, I think that uh, the policy that sits under this anticipates the third wave and the fourth wave for 2021. I listened last night to Professor Shabir Mahdi, who confirmed this very much so. According to him, the pathogen virus will be with us for a very, very long time, and we have to adapt to this this abnormal uh, abnormal situation. And we will, according to the planning, will be experiencing third and fourth wave, which means that when we are in a position to, as we now in lockdown level one, we should maximize days in anticipation of losing days during mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Prof, also if I could just come in here very quickly. If you look at uh, the statement that was released by Brian Schroeder, um, yes. he says that all of them, like you've mentioned, should be back at school by the 8th of, uh, 8th of March. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned in terms of the support, uh, Prof. You know, will they have enough support for those teachers you know, who might be anxious, you know, suffering also from anxiety of having to go back? You know, does the WCD have those measures in place as well for the educators? Well, that is exactly what is going to uh, play itself out at that individual teacher here, teacher there, three teachers here, three teachers there level. So the system will be more destabilized at the local school level. At the moment, there's a proviso until the 8th of March that comorbidity, uh, teachers with comorbidities can and do apply to not to go to school. Now they have to come to school. But those teachers with comorbidities uh, wouldn't have gone away. The anxiety still remained. And there's now going to be individualized pressures from these teachers on schools about managing their comorbidities, taking off further school uh, sick leave days and so on and so forth. So it is not as if the impact of teachers who have comorbidities will go away. Mm. They will just now be decentralized with the local school principal, healthcare facilities who will have to make the call about whether this teacher that, that teacher will But remember, a teacher with a comorbidity is a very healthy teacher potentially, but has yeah. comorbidities and can be negatively affected and can uh, have serious consequences that when that teacher becomes infected, infecting others, but also uh, landing up with illness. So there's a vulnerable situation that's, that, that's going to now be now in our teaching, which further 
create a vulnerability in, mm. the, in the teaching system. Also, with that said, uh, Prof, you know, also both the learner and the educator, with the non-teaching staff and the teacher assistants, I think 2021 is going to present itself very differently, you know, in terms of ex- uh, extracurricular activity, for example, like sport. That's something that might not, you know, be, you know, it might not be actively, you know, enforced on sc- or at schools because of the of the pandemic at this point in time. Well, exactly. Um, the WCED has indicated that in the next couple of days it will come out with a circular to explain their, uh, their particular policy around the recreation, around sport and so on and so forth. But I don't see there being much uh, in the form of uh, uh, allowing school, school sports to happen over the next six months to, to a year, uh, which is an, an, a, a real, real, real pity. In the times of trauma for children, kids outside in fresh air, uh, doing exercise and getting into sport is probably as important as them getting to the curriculum. So that situation is not going to be uh, uh, ameliorated uh, in this particular context. I just do not see schools coming back via this sport in any meaningful way. Mm. Prof, just to detract a little, you know, last year, of course, we saw lots of parents losing their jobs, being put in short time. A lot of income was lost in many households as well. Of course, towards the end of the year, you know, when parents usually sort of um, save up to do, you know, stationary shopping, uniforms, etc. for the next academic year, we saw a lot of strain on parents as well. And there was a call at the time, you know, for uniforms to be scrapped. But as we've seen in the past few hours, Basic Education Minister Angie Mocheka stating um, that, you know, the ongoing struggle with the price of school uniforms um, has been brought into question but they will not be scrapping um, school uniforms for 2021 and just taking into consideration that that you know everyone is not at school um, as per previous years perhaps you'll comment on that as well yes my comment is that our policies have to understand the world that we live in and the ability of parents to afford whatever needs to, uh, to be bought for, for schools. If we cannot afford school uniforms, but we can afford basic clothing that's clean, that is presentable, that is under a number of rules about how you can come to school and, and so on and so forth, why should we insist on that school's uniform looking in this particular way? Why don't we just have a standard procedure about cleanliness, about having decent uh, clothing, about uh, about how we present ourselves to school and, and, and observe those. And for people who can afford uniforms, uh, they can go ahead and, and, and have uniforms that also observe those protocols. The point is not the uniform. The point is you have to come to school presentable, clean, ready to learn, good mind and spirit, and, and so on and so forth. And if you insist on uniforms in a context where we can't afford it, it makes complete uh, um, nonsense of our of access to schooling policy. What we've been suggesting is that if you don't have the proper uniform, you can't come to school. And in this day and age, that simply does not make sense. It's kind of systemic, a systemic uh, inconsistency here. Uh, the, uh, the regulation does not uh, meet the requirement and the policy, uh, the policy intent. Puff, do you think if the uniform policies were sort of relaxed, you know, would that put perhaps added pressure on parents and students alike in terms of, you know, coming to school in civvies, for instance, but having the best and others might not? Well, exactly. That, that is the, uh, the, the reverse side of this particular coin. But schools would have to have policies about good behavior, mm. good dress, presentable mm. dress, and so on and so forth that make certain things allowable and other things not. Uh, we're far from this particular situation because there are two uh, union, uh, uniform bound. You see, we come from the British system, and you know, these things are lodged in our, in our consciousness than we are 
just have difficulty dealing with some of the most simple things because it's part of our culture. I think it's the time that we revisit this policy and have good policies in place just about simply uh, uh, being presentable and being school-ready when you come to school as opposed to looking some, uh, in a particular way, given your particular school mm-hmm. uniform. I don't think it's required necessarily, but this is this would take a long-term mind switch from the from, from most of everyone. And then just finally, you know, on a parting note, we've seen South Africa's new calendar um, that's been met with a bit of criticism as well. There are talks about legal challenges over the lack of holidays in the 2021 year. Um, do you think there's an argument to that? There's definitely an argument to that. You know, days that you lose that have preceded you uh, and holidays that you've granted more than what you should have because of the pandemic that is now, that is now behind you cannot be made up to the stringent cutting of holidays going forward. There's a very important reason for why uh, schools uh, have holidays. That is so that we can balance out the pressures that they under, teachers are under when the calendar is on. And then when we cut holidays to the extent that we have, and this put in jeopardy the entire well-being of teachers and students. I mean, the public out there always say perhaps teachers are not working as hard as they should and they have these big holidays. That is not true. The holidays are there for the kind of replenishing, for the kind of uh, uh, getting yourself uh, into a situation in which you can do alternative education, where you can basically rest and relax for onerous teaching that will happen. In a, in a, in a, in a context of a pandemic, mm. taking away a very reasonable holiday periods will just add to the trauma and the stress among teachers and students. Well, Professor Aslam Fattah, always a pleasure. We thank you for your time this morning. That was Professor Aslam Fattah speaking to us from Stellenbosch University with regards to level one of lockdown. And of course, what does it mean for the educational sector? Very interesting there.